you uh do you want to introduce or yeah yeah let, let, let me do that okay um what's going on everyone welcome back to the panels on pages podcast this is a podcast where we talk about comic books and all related media today i am joined by pop culture rabbi of tiktok fame uh <laughs> <laughs> just killing it out in these streets having some some wild thoughts on the multiverse we're gonna be talking about the mcu multiverse and and what it all means maybe we can straighten it out for everyone else that's confused i hope so i'm gonna actually just change my name for a second so people can follow me if if they want there's there's no pressure they absolutely should but we'll we'll put the name up there. i appreciate you calling out that uh i appreciate you call, i just i just caught your turning returning red response video uh to that other channel uh, I appreciate you calling that out. That was that was so wild, especially for someone to to say, "Oh, I, we we turned it off after five minutes." Then you don't know anything about it. Right. That will be me like picking up the Bible and being like, "Nah, three pages in, it really wasn't hitting for me." <laughs> I I mean, it was just so pretentious to hold a Bible there and talk about a movie, waving it around like it's a prop, you know, like it's a, a sword or oh yeah. Yeah. shield you know it's it's the bible and it should be i mean all any writing should be treated with more respect i think than uh he was but that it sends such a message to have mm -hmm. to use the bible in that way um, I, and i'm a person that like i will hear people out and i like i i like some of the ideas that are taught in religion i'm not a religious person at all um i kind of have my own thoughts about things and how things mm -hmm. work but it's like I like even I and I, I like whereas I, I have like gone on record that I hate the idea of organized religion, like generally speaking, some of the aspects of it, very sure. like the community, like the positive aspects, like if you could extract the positive aspects and leave them there, I would love it. <laughs> but like, you know, it's kind of a package deal. But it's like, I, I've said that and I would still never like, I was I remember being uh, this is like shoot man i'm old now <laughs> i was gonna say i was almost like 20 years ago uh it's like when you say that like two decades like that was a long time uh but like i was uh like i, I went with uh, my girlfriend at the time we went to a christmas mass and uh she was like a complete non-believer but her mom was like go take him to christmas mass and i was like i'm cool with because i'm i've been to church before i've been to church many times uh, and like i was raised muslim and i was i'm i'm more I like had more experience in churches, Christian churches and Catholic churches than anything else, ironically. Um, but it's like, we go there and I just kind of like, I took the time to like, I'm just gonna have this moment in a little bit, a little bit of introspection. And she's like trying to like, like fool around. And I was like, we are in a church, bro. Like at no point is this okay. <laughs> like, well, when the spirit grabs you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I'll just say like, and, and this was the point I was making to that, that commenter was just, you know, so much of religion has to do with the user. Mm -hmm. No, and it's the same thing in, in our world of comic books and pop culture, you know, that you have, we have our gatekeepers and we have our people that say like, you know, yeah, you can't comment because you don't know Marvel as well as I do, or DC, or I hate Star Wars. that so much. So, like the 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 asking for the receipts. How many have you read? Do you even read comics? Like they did that a lot. They, 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 it's I feel like it's changed a little bit in the video game culture because I feel like there is more spotlight on on uh, female players. 
but like 10 not even 10 like five years ago if you were a girl gamer they'd be like oh yeah how many call of duties have you played how many this how like what's this character's backstory like people would just try to do that shit and thankfully i think now it's a little bit better it's certainly not great but it's wild to me like to i and it's one of those things that i never thought about and the one time and this is like this is kind of a, a like a double-edged sword story like the one time i was ever challenged on my actual like knowledge and, and uh, of comics was i went to a cosplayer at a convention 15 years ago and i was like oh my god like no one cosplays can i just take a photo and she's like only if you could tell me who it is and like i didn't think about it in that moment i thought at that moment i was like how dare she i'm like gwen <laughs> stacy obviously duh like like who doesn't know that right at the moment i was like how dare she ask me this how would i not know this i'm gonna because i'm thinking everyone's here everyone should know but then like in retrospect years later i was like oh my god this was a fucking safety maneuver like mm-hmm. the the like the obscenity of that like that, that you, she would have to do that and and they still do like a lot of people still have to do it's insane it's insane like the the, oh, the, yeah. the toxic fandoms that exist it, it just blows my mind absolutely Same. blows my mind and it's so interesting that i see having come in i only came into tiktok two months ago now like, oh wow <laughs> moving but quick I, <laughs> but i see that's what she said um, <laughs> uh, but um the classic I, thank you uh but I see so many parallels between the any of these like subcultures and religion and toxic religion. And it's like, because I did say to this guy, you know, it's like you're holding the Bible, you're gatekeeping, man. Like, give us a verse so we can really discuss it and argue it. And I mean, what we're basically gonna do today, right? It's like and the thing is. The funny thing yeah. is it was a sales pitch because that whole, that whole little clip was, it was, uh, it was aggressive in nature. It was like, I've got some shit to say about this. And it was to direct you to the YouTube video. Cause I jumped on and it's a 24 minute video. And I, I listened, like I clipped forward a little bit and I was like, nah, cause he, he, he did eventually read and it, but at the same time, it's like, he went into this whole thing about like, parental disobedience and how the young are like young people are like very like can be very influenced easily and the whole thing is about how like the devil is everywhere he's trying to influence you and it's like well right but like it's not like just the devil <laughs> like it's not that like the devil is not like devil everywhere this is where god is in this book like that's not how it works i'm pretty right. sure <laughs> like no and and it was interesting too, because like I, of course, as a as a a person of religion, I I took it completely differently, and I was watching it as you know, the the fifth commandment, uh, honor your mother and father, and you know when are like this is the whole thing that people misunderstand what the Bible is. They it says something like honor your mother and father. It doesn't tell you how. Right. It doesn't tell you what that actually means. It's, it's general just general guidance. <laughs> it's general guidance. Honor them. And then you have to have a discussion about what does it mean? And this is like, this goes to, you know, all those people that go like, politics don't belong in comic books. 
It's like, if you're not reading comics and you don't recognize the deeper subtext or you deny it, don't tell me what that comic's about. Right. <laughs> like, I, I am a very self-admitted surface level media consumer. Like I, I don't do a lot of like, like while I'm reading, like noticing deep, like deep th- things like that. But like, I understand that they're there. Like right. I, I watched the X-Men animated series. That was like my, one of my first exposures to the, like superheroes and that kind of stuff. Sure. And I learned that racism is bad from the X-Men. Did I learn it by someone telling me outright? No, but it was built within the message. It was entertaining. For me, it was Wolverine cutting up people, Cyclops (laughs) blasting out, you know, eye beams of people. That's what the show was when I was a kid. But then, like, the lessons were built in. The lessons of camaraderie, found family, all of these things were in there. But it's like, I never even thought about those things until I started listening to the Jan Jan Miles uh, Explain the X-Men podcast. And they go into really wonderful deep exploration of, of theme and subject and, and cultural significance and sociological like things that were happening around the, the books it's such a great podcast i couldn't recommend it more and uh th- w- like listening to it that was the first time i heard the idea of found family and i was like oh my god that's why x-men resonates with me so much because like i'm from another country so like i was pulled away from my family pulled away from my friends so like the concept of like finding a place to belong, regardless of how much of an outsider you are, like, holy crap. Like I didn't even, like that was a subconscious thing that gravitated towards me. So like, it, it's all there. And it's like, especially that's the funny thing is especially people who are, who complain about like changes and these like political subjects in X-Men. And I'm like, you haven't read the X-Men. <laughs> like, it's like, I mean, Kurt, um, uh, Nightcrawler leaves Germany. He's being chased. His first appearance. He's being chased by all those villagers. Yep. <laughs> and Professor X goes, "Hey, you want to come be a part of my family?" And he's like, "Yeah, that sounds good." And pops out, and it like <laughs> it's wild. It's wild to like, and it like Star Wars fans are the same. Not all of them, obviously, but it's like there is no, no. usually hugely like toxic segment of the star wars community that's just like everything that that every new change i mean hell even the like when they did the what's it called star wars visions uh where they're like oh it's like anime influence there was a bunch of people that were like keep this japanese influence out of star wars and i was like do you do you not know star wars (laughs) do you not know that it's like half based on japanese videos and movies like I did a I did a TikTok on that actually very short one but on uh, Kurosawa. <laughs> I just the, the wildness of people. Just because I know that Star Wars is based on Kurosawa doesn't make me a better or worse Star Wars exactly. fan than exactly anybody else. It, and it, you know? like you said, it's very much uh, from like the user perspective. It's it's the reader that interprets the whatever the message is. And uh, I, I, I had a moment that like, I, I almost was going to gatekeep just because I'm like, no, that's not what that's about. But then I literally stopped myself and I was like, it was, it was Straw Hat Goofy. He was talking about uh, uh, the Captain America costume on uh, Captain, I could never, I, by, by the way, ever since they announced Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I kept calling it Captain America and the Winter Soldier. So that's why I was like vindicated when the last title card was Captain America and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> I was like the whole time for months, I've been calling it Captain America and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> Um, but he was talking about his suit and how the two stripes and he was talking referring to some 
some stuff where they do in the air force when uh like one of their squad dies and they do this thing and like he he brought this whole meaning to these lines in the costume and i was just gonna be like i was literally i was ready to be like no that's just what like it's just copying the costume from the comics and i don't think like there, there's nothing to indicate that i was like why would i take that away from him right that's a beautiful thing he's brought to it for himself he's shared it with others others might gravitate toward why would I take that? What a silly thing to say to someone. Oh, no, that's not factually correct. You're reading it wrong. Like, that's the dumbest thing. So I was like, mm, let it go. Just walked away. <laughs> and I think we all have moments like that. You know, I mean, I know I do. I'm, I'm incredibly well read. And there are definitely moments where I want to be like, hey, you know, I want to jump on my computer and say, you're not reading this right. And it's like, what am I gaining by this? But, you know, uh, I was thinking about one of the issues that you brought up with Cap, you know, if he goes back in time and exists in, in either timeline and doesn't interfere, that creates a lot of issues with- There are, more, there are moral questions, for sure. There are moral questions, but it's exactly those moral questions that are interesting that yeah to me to me it's like i don't need to shy away from those you know i it doesn't you know destroy everything and honestly you know what it might make me dislike cap in the end if i find you know and a writer makes that choice to say oh yeah no cap hung up the shield and just waited for the other cap to thaw out and you know so yeah. let's just dive into it. I've got so let's many things I want to talk about. Let's All right, it. so let's talk, dive into it. Here, here is here is the here are the things that happened like IRL, real world, that kind of has have spurred this debate at all. Uh, when Endgame came out, it was a couple months later. The Russos were on a, on an interview of some sort, and they were like, "Oh, he went back in time and lived in an alternate reality with with Peggy," and mm -hmm. that just for me threw up huge red flags because i'm like that's morally wrong because it's like if if that were to be correct he took this woman who had a wonderful life had children had a family and said i don't want you to have that because i want to have you for myself that's ridiculous and like could like could that be true sure but that not only would make me hate cap that would give me some real reservations about the Russo storytelling. And it's like, if they were to come on another Marvel project, I'm like, who's, who are they going to screw over next? Who are they going to like ruin as a character in, in, in my eyes, at least next. So that, that to me is never sat right. And then the, the, the writers had a completely separate interview and they were like, right. Oh yeah. When we wrote the winter soldier, we had always intended, like that was always the plan is to have him go back in time and be the husband. And then I, I rewatched the scene where he was at her bedside when she died or when she was dying. And there were no photos of the husband. And I was like, there is nothing not intentional in the MCU. Mm -hmm. So like, why would there not be pictures of the husband? What, uh, Cause that was like, what the fifties? One of the biggest things in American culture at that time was happy families and portraying happy families. Why wouldn't you take a picture with your husband? Maybe if recording him on video or, or film of any sort would cause some real flags to go up in people who knew him, who 
like know he died all of these things would just like explode like if you develop some photos with captain america who was on war bonds and like posters promoting you know, like all of these things like that goes poorly for a lot of people so it's like mm-hmm. i'm thinking hey he went back went back to the main timeline he was always the husband and just lived off the grid essentially like he never went into photos etc cetera, etc cetera. and something that happened in black widow ironically kind of for me reinforced it okay do you remember uh, uh red red guardian while he was in the prison he was telling this story about how he fought captain america right and everyone's like that's not that you're like you're crazy he was frozen at the time what if on the low sh- uh peggy was like hey got some shit i need you to take uh, like we, i need some shit taken care of but super low-key i can't send any of my regular guys i need you to go you go to mm-hmm. russia like to russia like so that fight did happen but it happened with future cap but he but no one believes him because cap was frozen <laughs> right so i do think so uh, address uh, that one first i do think that it's entirely possible that cap goes back in time and still superheroes under a different alias or with a different outfit you know because yeah. you see ant-man you see um Hank Pym going around and doing espionage and whatnot. Yeah, in the 80s, we right? Hear, yeah, we hear about Goliath. Oh, that's you know, right. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. So it's entirely possible that Cap is running, sorry, that Steve Rogers is, sorry, because there's two Steve Rogers in the timeline. Then. Yeah, but modern Steve. Our Steve Rogers <laughs> is running around in a different um, outfit, in a different guise, you know, as Nomad, as any one of the aliases that he has throughout the comics. Um, so that could be interesting. I do think that the Russo, as we were, as I was prepping for this and prepping for the inevitable, you know, the Russo said this and the writers said this um, part of the debate. What both the writers and the Russos did that I think we do have to acknowledge is there were 5 million things that they were thinking about and 5 million different subplots and this and that. And they were so close to the end that they wanted to tie up some storylines and open up some others, right? It's like, hey, we're gonna like, we're gonna hand you this opening and this one and this one. So now you have the potential to tell all these different stories and we're gonna wrap up Steve's story. I do think it's possible that the Russos just said, let it be the next guy's problem. You know, and the- Certainly and, possible. I will, and, I will fully accept that. <laughs> and writers do that all the time. That's on a practical level. Yeah, that hap- it happened in, a, in a Batgirl when they did the, uh, what do they call her? Batgirl of Burnside, the suit that's coming in the movie. When they yeah. did that, they literally, the previous writer had set up this whole, literally like the last scene of the previous run was she becomes a roommate with this, with this young lady. And she's like, I'm here. I'm going to protect you. I'm not going anywhere. Literally says, I am not going anywhere. The first panel of the next issue, which is a different team. She's leaving and says, you'll be fine without me. <laughs> what was I watching? I was watching a, um, so I, I do Marvel Unlimited and they had a special uh, screening last week. And um, 
the the writer of uh, Craven's Last Hunt. Oh, okay. Was on there, and it, it was funny because Craven was this character that nobody cared about. Yeah. And then he did Craven's Last Hunt, and suddenly all oh, these was... writers wanted to use Craven, but he had killed him. Yep. That's <laughs> so, how it goes. And obviously, Craven eventually does come back, but. He but not created, for like, a long time. They like technically for, they just like Dan Slott just resurrected him. Yeah, this he stayed just dead. happened. Yeah, he stayed dead for a long time, and he was replaced. Like, they, they there was a suddenly like there was a copycat dude, and then it was uh that I, I what one of my favorite things. And there's a storyline from like ninety seven, ninety eight. I want to say, um, where Chameleon believes that he's uh Kravenov's brother. Oh, and it's super interesting and he keeps saying that he's like i'm a Kravenov, and he's like no he's like you're Smed- smerdyakov and uh <laughs> there's this moment where he traps peter and he go he's like i'm gonna go visit your wife because he finds out who he is and uh he shifts into him and there's that moment kind of like in uh, the spider-man animated series where he's like uh shocker i'll hunt you to the ends of the earth right it's just that. And he's just like, you see him scream out his last name. And I thought it was hilarious. I was like, I see the reference there. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, so I do think on a, like understanding the way that writing works and whatnot, the Russos just said, this is going to be the next guy's problem. Now right. I will say like, and this did bother me and I loved Endgame. I really did love it. It's still my number one. I, I will say when I saw the previews and I saw they were going to do time travel, I wasn't crazy about that at first, but they made it work. Yeah. So I was okay with it. Um, Cause time travel is always messy when you start to deal with it. And so for me, and this is like, and this is what I think where fanboys really get into it is it's like, we want the logic to work. <laughs> right yeah oh yeah yeah for me it's got to make sense logically it's got to make sense logically like i like and if you if you were to literally tell me oh it's like that's how magic works in this universe it's like all the stuff in dr strange i didn't challenge a single thing in dr strange magic it's all magic this is how it works okay (laughs) as as long as you give me a reason why it works right they have to have in-universe reasons why it works and it has to stay consistent. Yep. And I do think, I suspect that there's been a little bit of inconsistency when it comes oh, for to sure. travel. <laughs> for sure. And um, th- there's been a certain amount of the rat walking across the, the quantum generator type of stuff, right? It's like, look, we just need to get from A to B as quickly as possible. Yep. Let's just put a rat in there and it, make honestly, it it's honestly something like i think they did it for the lulls like that moment it could have been a security guard it could hell it could have been his buddy who found out where the van was taken and was just like futzing around with the buttons yeah like it, they, they could have done it in a way that made more sense but they were just like fuck it let's just have a rat run across it just <laughs> Rat run across it. I just I need to get on with the story, and yeah. <laughs> you know, they, and this way we don't have to. This way we don't have to have any actors in for the day except for the rat. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, 
what I will say is, is the way that they set up time travel. And I actually had a, it was funny, I had a group of teens come in for a, for a Bible study and I, we ended up drawing, I ended up drawing on the whiteboard how, how I thought time travel worked. And <laughs> in the MCU, or the way that it made sense, and the way that I explained it to the kids, and I, and I still hold this is, it's not time travel, it's timeline jumping, right? It's jumping from one timeline to another and back because it doesn't make sense to me. First off, the, the traveling back in time and becoming your own grandfather just doesn't make sense. The Caden Leopold type of time travel well, that does that that uh, that's the par that's the uh, persistent timeline like theory that's out there, right. um, and it's that's where all the paradoxes come in. That's like if you go back and kill Hitler, you will never have needed a reason to go back and kill Hitler, and then you never kill Hitler. Therefore, like it just becomes this loop of nothing happens, yeah. and it's, that's it's, yeah, and that's is exactly what they that's what they did in um, in they kind of did like a modified version of that in Back to the Future. He went back and if his parents didn't get together, he was going to disappear. But then it becomes like if he if he never came back to fuck things up, he would have still been born. But they didn't want to deal I with did. that. So he still wins at the end and, and gets them back together. Right. And that's why I made the video saying that Marty travels back in time. And the moment he travels back in time, the butterfly effect creates a different timeline. And they, they do draw this out in Back to the Future too. Doc draws, okay, they're wrong in Back to the Future, in Back to the Future about how time travel works. Well, they, they, can't, they, they, can't, be, they can't be wrong. We don't have any evidence of real time travel. It's all no, no, theory. No, when I say that they're wrong, when I say that they're wrong, they, they're mixing time travel ideas when it well, suits in, in the yes in the second one they did that because when right? he drew that they, out and when he drew that out and he drew the second timeline as a separate thing that's yes. inc that's incorrect based on what they did in the first one because in that's the first what I'm one trying to say. yeah yeah yes. in the first one that's they set up they set up if you make a change it changes everything after and if effectively the way it would have been is if if he had some way of they actually did this really well on uh, that X-Men animated series like it like made the most sense weirdly when they gave Bishop that bracelet, when Ford gives B Bishop that mm -hmm. bracelet, it takes him out of time. So when he goes back, any changes he makes changes the future. When he comes back, he comes back to an entirely different future. Right. So and that's, and it's, that's what they did with um, Time Cop. Time Cop was the same way. Yeah. And um, so like the problem I have, do you remember uh, the third Harry Potter? Where they kill uh, the, um, the Griffin. They're about to kill the griffin. Yes. And a pebble gets thrown at the window, distracts everybody, and they free the Self griffin. Self-fulfilling prophecy, right. Right. The, the problem is, is you need a reality where the griffin dies one time. Yep. It has to die. One version of the, the griffin has to die. Right. It's, it's the, it's the um, Bill and Ted. It's the Bill and Ted. Yes. It's the, it's the fight at the end. Where it's like, well, I'm at the end of this. When I win, I'm going to go back and give myself this. When I win, I'm going to go back and give myself this. And all these things just appear. You have to remember to do all those things. Otherwise, they never happen. You're correct. Right. They were still in, in back in um, 
in Harry Potter, they were still functioning with a persistent timeline. One time it did die, but they were like, if we go back and it doesn't like somebody did the math, you know, everything went wrong. Somebody did the math and they're like, if that, if that, if that Griffin doesn't die, everything works out the way we need it to work out. Cool. So I'm going to go back. I'm going to throw a pebble. And we're right. going to set this in motion so that one t- at, w- at some point, I'm still going to go back and throw that pebble. Right. And so w- one of the things I did want to do, and I apologize that I didn't get to it, was I did want to look at the Young Avengers mm-hmm. comic where, and spoilers for anybody that hasn't read the, the Young Avengers, yes. pause it here. All spoilers. This is um, an all spoilers podcast. <laughs> right. But, um, but Iron Lad turns out to be king. Yeah. a young king uh-huh. who finds out what he becomes and tries to go back and change yes. his future and it creates this funky paradox it causes reality to collapse and i didn't get a chance to reread it and so um and i had wanted to because all kang things are so incredibly complex and marvel <laughs> right so the way the time seems to work in the Marvel universe. And somebody actually asked me this, why do you keep saying, oh, my daughter, she said, why do you keep saying the MCU? And I said, because the MCU is a subset of Marvel, right? But it's its own animal. So the MCU is setting up its own logic, but the way it seems to work is you travel back in time And that can cause a change in the future. The thing is, so like in Days of Future Past, when older Kitty Pride travels back and meets younger Kitty Pride um, to change the future, or no, the other way around, sorry. Younger. No, 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 you're right. When when Kate Pride goes back, takes over her young self body. Right. And the, the thing is, is the moment she does that, she has already altered the future. Yes. And that's no and that's, matter and, what. And, and, and in the Marvel, in the Marvel comics, that remains a different timeline. She's from right. Earth 161 as opposed to the primary 616. Yes. And so that's what I was saying about Marty is there's a timeline where Marty's parents have no idea what happened to him. I if if it was in the Marvel universe, I would agree with you. But based on just based on the internal logic that they created for themselves within that, uh, the 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 Back to the Future universe functions in a persistent timeline because everything they do kind of self fulfills. Because Marty's stuck in 1955, dude shows up at you know at the end of number two, dude shows up with the letter, hey, we've been holding this for a hundred years or whatever to, to deliver it on, on this road at this time. Like here. So like that, that the end of two happens because three happens. No, the end of two happens. So Doc goes back in time. Yeah, Doc, 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 sepa- Doc separates, Doc gets, falls off. Doc yeah, yeah. gets killed in 1885 by uh, Buford Tannen. Right. Gets killed. That timeline plays out. Marty gets the letter in 1955, goes back, creates now another branch timeline. If, yes, if we were doing uh, the multiverse, 
but I there's no evidence of a multiverse in the Back to the Future. And Back not to the yet. Future, well, not certainly not yet. <laughs> Some <laughs> someone's bound to go wild with it. Um, I really want them to do a to to do a reboot just to show like all of us how old we are. It's like they're gonna go back to 1992. Ouch. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it has to be five for whatever reason. It has to be like 95 or yeah. I guess it's 30 years ago. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, it, 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 they, the way, the way they set it up is that they, yeah, there was one universe where doc does die when Marty gets in the car, right? But at, Marty changes that by telling, by leaving that letter. So thus doc protects himself. So doc but doesn't die when he comes back. The thing is, is when Marty comes back, see, I don't think it's a persistent timeline in Back to the Future, even though they think it's a persistent timeline because they, <laughs> never, address, they never address the issue of that Marty comes back and for a brief time, there are two Martys in yeah. the same space-time. And one of those no, Martys- near space-time because he arrived before his younger self left, but not in the same place. The, uh, we have to go to uh, time cop rules. You can never be in the same physical space as a past version of yourself. Now, what happens? I don't know if you've seen the show. It goes ugly. Let me tell you, it goes real ugly, real fast. Right. It's uh, it's that's and it's that's crazy. an actual that's an actual thing. Uh, I forget what the theory is that, but it's yeah. an actual like physics theory where the two the, the the same molecules can't occupy the same space. Right. So it's uh, it's one of the paradoxes, and I don't remember which one it is either. But there is a moment where they're near space time. And so younger Marty goes back to 1955, mm -hmm. creates a whole nother parallel universe. That Marty is now inhabiting younger Marty's. But look, time. I, I, no, no, he's not here. He, and this is how you know. Remember, when he goes to 1955, he crashes and knocks down one of those pine trees. When he comes back to see himself leave, it's not Twin Pines Mall, it's Pine Mall. That's yes, because, the only, because he changed the timeline, but he's still watching himself leave from that timeline. Right, no, because that Marty, right, so he goes back, hold on. Original 1985 Marty, whose dad and Ma, who the whole family are losers. Yes. He travels back to 1955, creates a new timeline right. where his parents are now winners. But his parents conceive a different Marty who we're calling younger Marty. That Marty gets to live in that new timeline. Right. The, the Twin Pines Mall timeline. Right. Gets to live the single pine, yeah, the single the, single pine gets right. to live in that timeline. Right. Marty then takes over for younger Marty in that timeline. This is very Rick and Morty. Uh, takes over for younger Marty. Younger Marty then goes back in time, and he's going to create a third timeline, and so on and so forth into infinity. And this is exactly you, what I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna have to give it to you. That's good. Thank you. I got to give it to you. You're right. Because when he goes back in time, he is, uh, he, he opposes Biff. Why? Biff is a loser. Why would he care about Biff back then? 
Ah. Yeah. So who knows what he does in that new timeline? Younger Marty does in that new timeline. Wow. And this is exactly, now I'm going to tie it into Kang. Kang doesn't like that. That's infinite and chaotic. And the problem with infinite when you're a dictator is there's a possibility of you getting overthrown. Of course. Right? So it's the same thing if on an infinite timeline, if you live forever, eventually you are going to succumb to an avalanche, an earthquake, something. You'll still be alive, but you're going to be underneath tons and tons of rubble. Like, you think so? You think it's inevitable? On an infinite timeline, wouldn't everything happen to you? If you if you put frozen. yourself if you put yourself in those situations, how do you avoid them on an infinite timeline? Well, like there are people who go up to the top of a volcano to look into the flowing active magma. I would never be in that position. I might maybe maybe get on a helicopter with a zoom lens about a mile away. <laughs> like that's about how comfortable I am with an active volcano. But there are people who walk up it just to look and take pictures. And I'm like, you're insane people. <laughs> well, so the question really becomes, so the problem is, is that the universe is finite in terms right. of time. Eventually the universe will cease to exist. So even if your life is infinite, eventually it can't be infinite because time will stop at a certain point in theory, or at least in the Marvel well, universe, the universe stops and starts. And so Unless yes. you're Galactus, you can't live forever. Right, right, right. Yeah, and that's that's that was an interesting thing that they added in with the what was it the was it the Avengers the new Avengers after after the Secret War they're on their like they're on the seventh universe. Yes. Yeah, that was yeah it was like a it was an interesting. I don't think that's ever paid off yet because they had set up some no, stuff I, about like the encroaching void like the the forgotten universe or something like that, the dark universe or something that's coming. Yeah. yeah. And I apologize. Like I mixed, I mixed um, reality with comic books there. I kind of no, switched no, I in the middle uh, from I'm reality. Good. But, um, but basically King doesn't want to be deposed. Yeah. Because with an infinite universe, multiverse with a multiverse, there are enough Kangs that he could at some point lose. Right. And he, actually, he loses, I a, he, somebody else takes up. <laughs> yeah. And I have actually another theory that it's not the Kangs that he's worried about, but rather the Illuminati. And that he actually wants Sylvie to stab him once two things are possible. Either he's trying to prevent the Illuminati from coming, or the multiverse keeps coming unraveled in this circle. And he comes along and says, See what happens when I'm not in charge? When I'm not in live, this happens. Let me tie it all up for you again. So here's here's where, and I, I definitely I'm with you on the the, the dictatorship motto or model of, of the multiverse. Mm -hmm. Like he's gonna allow enough to happen if the, if there's a variation here and there. As long as it still leads to him being in charge, he doesn't particularly care. Right. So since he set up the TVA, those rules are made by him. So and those the chart that they look at where if a timeline starts branching, 
they're not zoomed in. They don't know what that main timeline looks like. From their end, that's a single line. From his end, right. that could be that could be 30, 40, 50, 100 million, you know, but as long as they're all bundled together and they call, all kind of loop around. I've always, I've always had this idea that in an infinite multiverse, some things still end up going into the same result. If you wake up sure. in the morning and take a, you know, take a shower first, then eat versus eat and then take a shower. Most days that is not going to change anything. So yes, while those are two branch timelines, they're going to just collapse back onto each other when you get right. to the same point you were going to get to anyway. So that's, 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 that. that's how I see it. Yeah. And we do see that with the diagrams that the lines are, that not all the lines are parallel, that some of them do intersect. So in other words, it's like, even if you're on two different paths, we're both going to end up here. Right. 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 So, you know, yeah, it's like and, the, the and difference is are, minor. Right. And those are um, what um, the ancient one, what does she call them? Uh, not nexus points, but uh, fixed points. Yes. Those are fixed points in any timeline. These things are going to happen. Whether you shower first or eat first, you're going to work. That's a fixed point. Right. <laughs> in theory. In theory. In theory. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, but yeah, so, but like the, de the decision to go to work or to not go to work, that is going to change the day, which could change everything. Correct. So that goes a whole different, yeah. So yeah, some decisions are minor enough. Like if you have cereal for breakfast or eggs and bacon, like- not a yeah. huge difference necessarily in a day. So Cap goes back to, so Cap from 2023 right. goes back to 1992 with Tony and all of them. Right. He whispers into the ear of, um, whose name's escaping me, but the Hydra agent, Hale Hydra. Right. Right now, who knows? The writers and the Russos may have just said, screw it. We just want to have a fight between two caps and we wanted to say Hail Hydra, like in the comics, whatnot. He has created a different timeline. But that timeline, specifically that timeline, was pruned. We saw it happen. That's what I what confuses me with the whole pruning thing is like, why? Is it the moment where Sylvie, this is the theory at least, that right, that Sylvie at that moment thought, hey, I can become a hero. This is the uh, a theory that's out there, right? She's mm -hmm. playing with her toys and it makes her think she can become a Valkyrie and that's why the TVA steps in. It was in that moment. This is a, a theory uh, I think Mr. Marvelite uh, presented. Interesting. See, I and, went. I went with a more biological reason. Uh, granted, human biological, but you know, a lot of it's transposed. Um, children. Well, to start with, Loki in all shapes and sizes is a shapeshifter. Right. Um, children don't gain like a gender awareness typically very early on, so maybe that was the moment she chose to be female. And that's when they were like, all right, well, can't have that. That's, that was where I came from. So why though? So this is like, what's confusing about the whole thing. And I don't, and this is where I've kind of fallen in with 
every with the new Miss Marvel TV show and everything and the Eternals is these are all things we're going to have to judge at the end of the story. Right. We've right. only seen chapter one. We've only read chapter one. And on Kevin Feige's end, he's going, please let chapter one be good enough to make you want to read chapter two. Right. You know, it's like, but don't judge the whole story on chapter one. Well, of course not. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, but well, but that's a really unique thing that Marvel has started doing. And it's really changed storytelling and cinema, I think, is this idea of, hey, you know, this movie? actually not a complete story right so what's what's confusing to me though is why why wait till then why is it that the tva didn't come in the second she's born why didn't that set off red flags unless there's a timeline where sylvie that doesn't happen to her well, like that's that's why I came with it from from the like biological perspective. Like, you know, they're like Loki's supposed to be male. So up until a certain point, up until you know a shapeshifter decides the form they're gonna be, it's kind of up in the air, right? So maybe that was the moment when she's playing with those toys and she thinks maybe she's gonna be she could be a Valkyrie. Valkyries are typically female, identifies with that, and that's when the decision point is, and they're like, Nope, gotta cut this one off. Like it's and, and it, it might have been one of those things where it's down it's down here it's floating right above that main line they don't see it she makes that choice and it just starts spiking up because it's completely different so that's when they were and like oh shit i don't understand why when they are on um i was just watching the episode um lamantis you know and they're sitting next to each other mm -hmm. the planet's about to be destroyed they're about to die. Why that creates a nexus event? Even if they fall in love with each other, how does that change anything? I right? Know. Why is that not? Why is that not? Uh, Loki's Maybe. earlier point. Loki's earlier point about at Vesuvius, which is, I can do. I can tell you you're about to die, and it's not going to set off any red flags. Right. And, and I do think they have an answer. I just don't think we've heard. Sure. I don't sure. think we have that piece of information yet. Here's what I think it could be. If they fall in love in that moment and they kind of just decide to just like run off together, we don't get the ending that we got. So like, we need to interrupt this moment so that they can come here in X amount of days, minutes, years, however, you know, however long he perceives the time as, but the one who remains is watching that. And he's like, here, I, we got to stop this. Otherwise he's like, I see where this is going to go. I need them back down this way to preserve the sacred timeline, at least up until the point of the choice. Well, he wants them to go through that door. He wants the TVA to save them. That's actually one of those. Well, that's moments. what I'm saying. But the, the only reason, uh, but the only reason that they send him there, the only reason it's gonna, because if he doesn't save them, maybe joining together, maybe they get gain necessary power to teleport or something that takes them out of that. Or no, that, that's actually that's that's it right there. If they fall in love and die, they don't come to stab him. And like you said, 
he just needs them there in that spot. So he decides if, that is a variant timeline. Well, yeah. What if he just pushed the button? Yeah. Oh, 100%. He's up he in the Citadel and he just pushed the button and just. Because he knows right. everything. He knows everything. He, he is wants afraid. them. Everything that happens in the. Here's, I think, one of the things people miss with He Who Remains. And then I want to get back to Cap traveling back to another timeline. But everything that. Um, He's not, what's the word when your narrator is not trustworthy? There's, there's a word for it, I think, in literature. But he is not a trustworthy narrative right, narrator. Right. And I feel like we've, I feel like everybody's treating him like he is. Right. Like we know not to trust him, yet we're taking everything he says and said at face value. Oh, there was a multiversal war. Oh, there were all these kings. Oh, there was this. Oh, there was that. And it's like, he's not, I think there are some facts in there. Right. And then I think there's a lot of manipulation. For sure. For in sure. There. And, and, and that, that is that is the way of the Kang, right? That is, right. if you go going back to the uh, source material, that is just how Kang do. <laughs> right. So, oh, I wanted to bring up two other things with time, how time works in the uh, Marvel Universe. So you also have at the end of Secret Wars, um, and we'll go with the in-universe reason, not the out-of-universe uh, Fox Fantastic Four stuff. But at the end of Secret Wars, the second one, um, the Fantastic Four are left on Battleworld creating a new multiverse. Franklin Richards, Franklin Richards, basically, so where did the Fantastic Four go between 2015 and the new release in, what was it, 2020, 2021? 2019. 2019, sure 2019, right? It was right before COVID. Right. Um, so, okay, just the out of universe reason, Fox had the Fantastic Four, Marvel was like, well, Ike, you know Ike, what? Ike was a piece of shit. So like Ike was a piece of shit and Ike, Ike was like, screw them. We're not going to give them any more material. Yeah, no, I, Ike was a piece of shit. He was an asshole. So they put, um, so the in-universe reason, the in-universe right. stuff that they were doing was Franklin Richards and the Future Foundation, along with Sue and Reed, were recreating the multiverse. So Franklin, with his powers, was basically creating tons of new realities, right? So I genuinely okay. don't remember this moment, so I've I've pulled it up in Marvel Unlimited. <laughs> <laughs> you you asked me to do my research. No, no, no. So that's <laughs> that's that's brilliant. All I all I remember is that they did that. Like they, he just read recreated the universe and the multiverse. That's what I thought happened. No, what happens is, and if you read Future Foundation 2019, it was only a five-issue run. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's only a five-issue run, I think. Um, no, it's not Future. It's the first Fantastic Four. Um, sorry, it's Fantastic Four number two of the 2019 run. Um Johnny and Ben find Reed and Sue and the kids. 
not just uh, Reed's kids, but all the future foundation kids in Battle World with, um, with that whole cadre. And Franklin's been making multiverses. Yes. And that's I forgot what about that. I forgot about that because yeah, at the beginning, no, no, yeah, it's definitely at the at the end of Secret Wars. They show it right here. Uh, I love that. I do love that Sue, as strong of a character as Sue is, and as as wonderful as she is, she literally looks down at her daughter and she's like, "Do you want to break this down for me? Because this is beyond me." Like she is a brilliant woman, but she is dealing in such ridiculous high level concepts that she can't even keep up. But I love that. She says, Owen is the key. He's a human repository to unlimited power. And that omnipotent power has been has to be directed, used by an individual, in this case, dad. And where what that's where it gets interesting as as Franklin is a universal shaper, a dreamer. He has these dreams. He dreams up multiverses, gives them to dad. And dad, using that power, spins them off into their own reality. So that's why at the beginning of the 2019 series, they are literally just hopping realities because he's just been out there shaping. Yeah, and he's just been, and it's it's really kind of Which sweet, is why right? Earth-65 exists. I was wondering, because they, they never addressed it in the Spider books, but post-Secret Wars, I never understood why Spider-Gwen was a thing, or Ghost Spider. I hate that they changed their title to Spider-Gwen again, by the way. I okay. liked Ghost oh, Spider. Did they change it back? Yeah, the new series, is, it's like Spider-Gwen, Gweniverse, or whatever. And I'm yeah. like, Ghost Spider is so much cooler. <laughs> I just don't think any of I, I don't think anything other than Spider Gwen is ever gonna stick with her. It's yeah, just it's unfortunate. You know, well, it's the same thing with Jean Grey, right? Jean Grey will never be um oh, what was her original name? Marvel Girl. Marvel Girl, thank you. Um, yeah. right? Like she's always gonna be Jean Grey. That is ironic because in the age of Krakoa, <laughs> uh <laughs> uh in the age of Krakoa, everyone has chosen their mutant name as their, like, that's the name they go by. And that they kind of, like, make a big deal out of it at the beginning. And even now, even, like, recently, because uh, they just showed the origin of, oh, is it S Salome? I forget. I think that might be the name. Um it's like a newer character. I'm a little behind. I'm a little behind. So uh, it was in the it was last year's Pride issue, Marvel Voices Pride. Um, oh, it okay. was it was a new character, but it was like tied into uh, Akihiro um, uh, Dakin. Uh, he it was like a past lover of his who had just recently died, like through natural causes, uh, and was always like he was always as an outsider, and he they had like a tryst but his power was to like live whole lives in his dreams. So like they had a one night stand. He's like, I was there for a one night stand. We ended up living this wonderful life together all at, like in one night. It's like when I woke up, I couldn't deal with it. So I bailed. So he felt bad that this dude died alone and outside of his community. So they resurrected him, which I thought was cool. Uh -huh. uh, so it was like, it was kind of like a beautiful thing. It's honestly how they've handled Akihiro since his original creation and him being this like really terrible fucking dude i really love it like they have they have made him evolve in such a man this the current era of x-men is absolutely by far my favorite era of x-men nonetheless and, and I, I know i was doing a long uh during covid i did a long claremont run 
I just, you know, I was home and I just, I basically reread the entire Claremont era. And so I, I was caught up and then I went back and then, um, I just got, yeah, the two I've just omnibuses. been like, all, the Claremont yeah, I'm gonna have to, like, uh, I need to go to a convention where he's at, but that's a whole nother story. Dude, I um, met, I met him time. once just like, all, like I was at a show. I was just like in a different city happened to be at a show. And I was like, holy shit, that's Chris Claremont. And he's such a cool dude. And he'll just like talk up X-Men for a minute. Like he's such a cool dude. Totally seems it. So there's basically, uh, there's three models that I can figure in the Marvel universe. Okay. One is the Franklin Richards, one above all um, model. Not the celestial one above all, but the the originator of the universe, which is basically like yeah, yeah. you picture a sphere. What? I know, I know, I know. I, the one above yeah. it's it's uh, it's Kirby. Right. Well, I was just saying <laughs> it for your listeners in case they didn't know what. We were <laughs> oh, they better about. know. They better know. <laughs> <laughs> no gatekeeping. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> it's it's I, that's one of the like I have still I have I've read it that run one time that like 98 all the way to all the way to the Hickman stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I read that one time and like most of it escapes me, but one of the most beautiful moments is when Reed is like fixed by the one above all. And it's, mm-hmm. they just, they're like brought to Kirby's studio. And I'm just like, oh my God, that's awesome. <laughs> like that's there's so a, there's cool. Also, there's also a moment with uh, one above all in Spider-Man where he's like, death is a part of existence it's just there's some really cool stuff there they do a really Um, good job with that but basically the franklin richards one above all is you know there's a sphere and suddenly outside of that sphere i'm just going to connect i'm just going to like start like creating different lines going out of that sphere and different universes and you know that's where you get the omniverse and the multiverse right all of that, right? But it has to have a catalyst, a someone or something starting it all, right? Mm, so that's that's one model. The other one is the um, the Kitty Pride uh, Days of Future Past model, where I can go back in time, but the moment I go back in time, I create a new timeline, right? That's what that's what the MCU seems to be to me. And then there's this third one, which I said, I, like I said, I didn't have time to totally research, which I think is the Young Avengers, Iron Lad um, type of timeline and why Iron Lad can't stay in that timeline because it's going to destroy everything, which goes to that uh, paradox and whatnot but i don't know if that's a popular one in the mcu or if that was just a convenience for that like i I I think it was probably just a convenience that's the thing is a a lot of writers want to play with time travel but they don't want to be beholden to existing models so things like uh fortress x and the age of x-man happen where they're like not technically time travel not technically a different reality uh, like I'm pretty sure at the end of Fortress X, that all happened psychically. It was like a localized thing that Legion created. 
if I were, it was a very complicated universe, but there is this one. I'm going to do a whole episode on that. So I'm just going to leave that alone for now. But like for, for the age of X-Men, they specifically said Nate created something like a paradise for mutants. So they specifically said that. So that's model one, right? That is not because at the end they, they destroy that universe. Like that universe fades out and that universe is, magneto this like fictional magneto that nate created and nate kind of stay to like maybe build something new so maybe there's another universe that he created but that universe that he creates was like a temporary thing it definitely like they visually show it fade out right well it can be temporary in in uh, house of m right that's a temporary universe that wanda creates but did they, I still haven't read? I still haven't read the the follow up series that they did like a year or two later, the House mm-hmm. of M Civil War and House like there was something else House of M that they did. Uh, those couldn't have happened during the eight issue run, like during the original House of M. It would they either happened before or after. So I don't know if they technically created a new universe. But that was another thing: is Wanda is a reality manipulator, right? So she she changed our reality and like you said before it's all dependent on the writing and and the the outside right age of apocalypse was the same way it was meant to be a temporary thing when when bishop went back he fixed it right when he stopped xavier from being killed he fixed it it's all fine now but then like 10 years later they're like five years later they're like hey what if nate gray went back to the age of apocalypse well that only works if the age of apocalypse is its own timeline and wasn't destroyed <laughs> like <Right>. so <laughs> it, it becomes this whole thing and yeah it, it could very well not be a thing that comes back again um but i think in most cases it is the 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 kitty pride model going right. back making significant changes creates a different timeline which is ironic because like she came back to maintain the main timeline, the core timeline, if you will, which I thought was, that was kind of funny. Like when, when, when you said it, I was like, oh, like she did come back and make it like technically make a new timeline, but it's just like, we have, as the rulers of that multiverse assigned that original timeline, a different number. <laughs> well, and, and right. That's why so much of What's going to be so cool about what the MCU is doing in phase four is when we look back at it and see what the implications are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we look at these themes of control and um, uh, ethnocentrism, right? It's like, well, my universe is, my planet is the center of the universe, right? Gamora even says it in what if. She says, my planet she doesn't say my universe but she says my planet um to refer to her timeline in her universe we all think we're the stars of our story right but the truth is is and and this is what i i think i was thinking about this on my walk yesterday um is the watcher and kang are going to become the two paradigms for how to approach the universe right the watcher loves the chaos loves the infinite loves free will right loves it so much that the watcher won't interfere that's how important free will is to the watcher right kang believes in predetermination 
mm. and wants everything to go down a certain road. And so these two characters are going to become these metaphors for two very different ways of understanding the universe. And now maybe you can see why as a rabbi, I'm really into, <laughs> into these stories. Sure. Because I think that they actually symbolize two very different approaches to theodicy, theology, and God. Um, not to that, get too big. No, no, no. That first word, I don't, I've never heard it before. The, theodicy yeah. is God's role in the universe. Hmm. Never. That's a new one for me. Yeah. So theodicy is basically to 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 simplify it, right? To Sue Storm in at the end of uh, Secret Wars, <laughs> I'll be Val. I'll be Val. Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, is basically why do bad things happen to good people, or why do bad things happen? Either God makes them happen or allows them to happen. Oh. This is, this is an easy. Something. This is this is a math problem. I figured this out years ago. I love this. This is my favorite thing to tell people. This is a problem I figured out a long time ago. Because it's like the 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 classic, if you will, idea of God is that He's all knowing, all powerful, and good, right? All like caring, all, all, loving. all, all caring, yeah, all loving. Mm -hmm. I say you can only have two. If He knows all and can do all, He doesn't love us all. If He loves us all and can do all he doesn't know all so he's missing something that's why bad things happen and if he and loves us all and can do all he doesn't know it all so i'm gonna say i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do a tiktok on that on the on this very on that math that you just did right because the watcher is all the all-knowing all no mm -hmm. all no sorry sorry is the all-powerful and all love but doesn't know everything, which is why he can't interfere. Because he doesn't know what the outcome's gonna be. This is why the watchers, right? Because what? why are the watchers watchers? Is because initially they, they did interfere, right? Yeah, and they screwed they things up. Technology. What? They screwed things up. They, they broke they the, the Star Trek Prime Directive. They saw what happened and then they're like, shit, we can't do that no more because they don't know everything and they have an extreme and and they have an extreme reaction to it by the way right right it's an overcorrection as right. they say it's an oh it's a total overcorrection but their thing is is hey since we're all powerful and all loving we can't interfere at all we just have to observe which is technically the prime directive the star trek prime directive exactly. that's fair Interesting. Exactly. They have and, no. And they have Kang, no, Kang is all knowing, and all powerful, but does not give a fuck. Exactly. Oh. Oh. Yeah, because you know what? Even that that tracks even in the comics. Even going back to like early What If, you can like you can sense the sadness and like when when he when he recounts a a universe that went bad. Uh, there is a sadness to the watcher, like, oh man, that kind of like kind of sucks that that happened. Like he feels bad about it, but it's nothing he could do about it. He mm. says his speech to the Scarlet uh not Scarlet Witch, geez, to Black Widow. His mm. speech to Black Widow at the end of What If is incredibly poignant, incredibly powerful, right? She is every human being talking to God. 
She is every human being talking to God saying, why did you let this bad thing happen? We're just entertainment for you. And he goes, no, I love you. You are precious to me. Right. But like right. any, like any parent, you have to let your children have free will. But he does, this is the thing though, right? Is the watcher is not totally like. He's not completely hands off. Our, well, our watcher, the Uatu is not. Yeah. He puts, because what does he do? He puts Black Widow on the helicarrier. <laughs> for a he doesn't set, say. For a brief moment, for a very brief moment, I was like, oh my God, that's how they bring Nat back. I like proper MCU. And when he put when he put her in that universe, I was like, okay, I guess. <laughs> like I was disappointed. <laughs> as as was I. So to go back to it, right? I think I think that we have two models in the MCU. One is a um one above all created multiple timelines, infinite timelines. Right, creates, starts with the singularity, creates multiple timelines. Kang comes along and starts pruning those timelines. Right. Much later, comes back, starts pruning timelines that he doesn't like. Sure. What if are the timelines that Kang, for whatever reason, doesn't mind and doesn't prune? So I would, that's why I would say if had, I would say if anything, the only timelines he doesn't prune, the, the only timelines he allows to remain as kind of that center beam, if you will, the, the sacred timeline are ones that ultimately end in the same point, as we discussed before. And that is right. his birth. Right. Every so, timeline, regardless of what else happens along the way, every timeline that ends it with his birth is fine because it still ends at that terminal point that he requires. And anything and, that falls off of that timeline is the stuff that pulls up on the on the the pulls up the red alarms and shows up on the screen. And that's why Captain Britain can still exist because she's going to come. And still not her name. They're still calling her Captain Carter. <laughs> Captain Carter. All right. Because Captain because they're going to bring in Captain Britain and it's going to be Henry Cavill and I'm going to be very happy. <laughs> Okay, totally fair, totally <laughs> fair. But, but that's, so Captain Carter in Multiverse of Madness is going to come into the main MCU timeline, right? Her wild. shield's no, on the a, poster. That's a wild statement. No. No, 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 her shield's on the poster. No, it's not. Sir. Yes, it is. It's in sir. one of the shards. It is one oh, of yeah. the shards. He'll see her universe for sure. He'll see her universe. So, I, I don't think he's gonna. Yeah. I don't think she's gonna be in it. Like we might get a Haley no, no, no. cameo. What? She, we might get a Haley cameo, but Haley's not coming back. No, no. What I'm saying is though, is that it, it's to your point that these timelines start to merge. Right? Somehow her existence leads into the timeline, and Doctor Strange from our universe, both of their existences meet up at a certain point and eventually lead to Kang. Ah, and here is where I think we have the, this is where I think we diverge. I, I think what you just said right before you talked about Captain Carter is correct. All of those things were true 
until the moment Sylvie decided to stab Kang, the one who remains. They technically right. never called him. <laughs> <laughs> um, and when, when he looked up, and I really do think, I know this is something fun people did on TikTok and YouTube where you line up the last whatever minutes of, of Scarlet Witch and all that. I completely believe that Wanda, upon like choosing to own that power, is the reason that he was like, oh shit, finally I can go to sleep. <laughs> like I can let this woman stab me and I will survive or I won't survive. And this all goes to hell and I don't care anymore because I've been here forever. That's because he has that moment where he's sitting there and he's like, all right. Like he has that kind of like break moment and they timed it and it, it, it makes it like lines up. And I believe that it but does. Here's the, here's the thing yeah. up until that point, I think you're completely right. Every timeline, every subsequent timeline that existed was all to serve him existing. And any hugely variants that would create a different Kang were pruned. The problem, and that's, and the, by the way, that also could very well be a reason why they didn't prune Sylvie sooner, because maybe in deciding to be a Valkyrie and be something else other than Loki, Kang is born sooner or so, you know, something else happens where a different Kang is born. Um, no, that, that actually makes perfect sense. I think that, that, that explains a lot of the original, like everything that happened pre the last episode. And the mm -hmm. last episode, what if does not exist without that last episode? The multiverse that we see is post that last episode because in the last episode, he dies, the universe splinters because the TVA is no longer uh, pruning all timelines to, uh, that lead to anything other than one Kang. The TVA that he returns to, that Loki returns to at the end, is the TVA of one Kang. Right. So I, I want to say two things. And I unfortunately I'm gonna to have to run just because it is getting for sure. I'm an hour, I'm an hour ahead of you. I have so enjoyed this though. Uh, but I was gonna say, so there's two things. One is I, I've heard that theory about. Kang, um, sorry, I've heard that theory about what if happening only happens because Kang gets stabbed in the multiverse splinters, but the Watcher never sounds like that's the case. The Watcher sounds like he's been watching these universes for eons. And, and, he, knows and he has, stories. and he has, because if you remember, the timeline splintered retroactively. Right. So the events of Loki, the ev yeah, exactly. But the events of Loki happened outside of time space. So the multiverse right. did not exist until after that, until after the events of Loki, which canonically happened after the events of Endgame. Because everything that happens, they, they right. say at the beginning of Loki that the Avengers did everything they were supposed to. So while I will accept, I, I don't like it on a moral level, I will accept that Steve lived could have lived a separate timeline with her because he would have kept his nose down because he couldn't, because he was told one possible win. He, he, he called one possible win scenario. He was told this. He's like, if you fuck with anything, we may not win. And all of this is for nothing. So right. he says, cool, I'm going to shut my mouth. I'm going to live this quiet, humble life. No one's going to know I'm here. And that's why. Yeah. So is it, 
weird? Is it like, oh, so he never went to save Bucky. He never went to, you know, all these things that he could have stopped. He could have stopped Hydra. All of these things he could have stopped. Yes, but that wouldn't have led us to a victory. We lose if he does that. So, Mm -hmm. but maybe he doesn't comprehend that it's a different timeline. But even then, he still wants that timeline to survive. Uh, My only problem there comes in, how did he get back? Because there's no, and I get that he still had the tech and I would understand that. But that tech was time travel, not cross-dimensional travel. It does not but you see, change we're calling What we're calling time travel, this is what I was explaining to, to, the, to the students, right? Is what we're calling time travel is, is uh, timeline jumping. Watch the video that I made like just before we got on together. I saw it. Um, Tara, did, not the one with the Bible. There was a different no, no, yeah, I saw that one too. Literally right the before sacred, we got sacred storyline. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like I love this idea of calling it the sacred storyline instead of timeline because it's actually very misleading to call it a timeline. It's misleading to call yeah, it's it's and I, I fully I, I think that's a, a good way to look at it. And because like like we just agreed, Kang allows all things to happen as long as they come to like arrive at his birth, which is fine. And I, I fully accept that. My only problem that becomes that, why does he, like how, and I understand that like going back, they are creating a new timeline by going back, but they are not going into a timeline that already exists. So that would be my thing. Now, granted, if we also agree that Steve might've been out there running around with a different costume, different, you know, maybe a different shield. Hell, that might be why he goes to Russia. They stole the only other shield and that's why he has a fixed shield for Sam like very reasonable explanation for that but yeah so if he if he's out there doing stuff covertly um could he have potentially found a way to jump timelines sure but the only thing is there was no sound effects he was just there he knew where they were going to be he was just there well this is where i do think to go with the writer's explanation that he was at the funeral i think he jumps back a few years earlier Mm. Mm. I don't know why who knows what happens to the Peggy in his timeline but he jumps back I think he comes back right after or during Civil War bold I have nothing to prove that it's sure sure it's purely conjecture completely (laughs) that one I have no proof for other than the writers saying that he was at the funeral the writers said that right don't the writers but 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 I do recall them that being mentioned somewhere I don't remember who said it but I but to me that reads as we intended him to always be the husband we wrote it as in we are sending him back to be that husband which is why he was at the funeral that's how I always put that together. And, and I'm pretty sure that's probably how the writers intended it. But what was it? You have a great saying, right? Once something becomes, that's what it always was, right? Isn't that what yeah, you say? Once, yeah. Once, once it's canon, it's always been canon. That's why, like, that's why pe- people who are like, oh, like Wanda used to be this, that, or the other thing. Yeah. But now she's not. Therefore, she never was. If it's something right, that changes exactly. things, like, Oh, Iceman is gay. Cool. Iceman was always gay. Right. Period. That's, that's it. That's like, that's how the stories work. That's how storytelling works. If you decide as the creator or writer or whatever, that something now 
has always been. We now have to accept that that has always been period. Like there's no, we, we don't get to debate about it. And it's funny because when everyone was like, Oh my goodness, Iceman is gay. How could they do this? I, I literally sat back and I was like, explains this moment back there explains this moment back there explains his string of failed relationships heterosexual relationships i was like this really kind of polishes bobby off as a character <laughs> like, it actually deepens it right yeah, like, yeah and and it wasn't the intention of any of those writers for his failed relationships to be right. the result of being closeted um but it works right it and completely so works so I do think that the writer's intent at the time was for it to be one continuous timeline, but I don't think it makes sense with the rules that we're getting now. And so I think it's gonna have to change that canon retroactively. That means that he traveled back for some reason to be at that funeral and be a Paul Bear, which by the way, would make an awesome comic book. Oh, but that, that we get into dicey territory there because tie-in comics definitely uh, definitely end up like being overwritten because they even did. There, there's that, uh, what's it called? Fury's Big Week or whatever, uh, yes. which I didn't even know. But if we take that as canon, the, Iron, the events of Iron Man 2, Thor, and Captain America, like the end of Captain America, well, the beginning and the end of Captain America all take place in the same week and hulk <laughs> like that's crazy it's insane <laughs> but um the the point being is that they um they're gonna have to reckon with some of the time travel logic with some of the statements that they've made that are contradicting some of the logic that's being established of course of course and, and, I, th and I think they know that and i think that there's going to be two reactions. One is what I call the um, no the the home trilogy reaction, which is like, you know what? Just shut up. <laughs> what? When does this take place in the timeline? It's or or do you remember there was a William Shatner skit on SNL where uh, he's at a convention and these Star Trek fans are raising their hands and he looks at them and he goes. Get a life, people. <laughs> I do remember that. I <laughs> so, do remember that. So we're going to have one of two responses from Marvel. One is going to be the get a life, people. Like, leave but us they, alone. But they can't say that because they their bread and butter is this discussion. Countless, no. countless variations and iterations of this exact discussion. <laughs> For sure. So, uh, like I said, I think it's going to be a small part of it. But I do think that's going to be, ultimately, they're going to explain 98% of the stuff, 99% of the stuff satisfactorily. Mm -hmm. and, and if you pull on the string too much, we're, there's just going to be some stuff that just doesn't make sense. And they're just going to say, you know what? It just doesn't matter at that point. Oh, but, yeah. but I do think that timeline jumping multiverse jumping is where they're going right is what is now going to be canon sure as opposed to um what back to the future thought it was which right. was the persistent timeline yeah. and, persistent. I, I, and i i i, I like I, how i basically said that Zemeckis doesn't understand his own films oh yeah oh yeah that's fine <laughs> 
many i mean but this happens to many creators over the years like they write a thing and then it's like yeah but that doesn't make sense but like if you do it this way it makes sense and then everyone's like yeah but yeah that's fine we're gonna just do this so it's like the original writer was like a and they're like nah b (laughs) right and and that's what i think we're ultimately gonna get is there is just they have done something. I actually made this point on Straw Hat's, um, Straw Hat Goofy's uh, uh, comments section, which was, he was saying, why does DC, mo- why do DC movies not get the love that the MCU movies get? Uh, it, that's, a paraphr- <laughs> that's a paraphrase. I'm, I'm paraphrasing it. Right. He, you know, but, but basically the point that I, I made in 140 characters was um, the MCU really did something revolutionary in terms of film, telling a story over 22 films. Yeah. Whether you thought it was good or bad, whether you thought it was amusement park or whatnot, they added a type of storytelling to the film landscape that had never existed before. And like most... Like most things like that, there's gonna be some holes. Right. And there's gonna be some things. It's you know, it's like when I read the early Fantastic Four and they go to meet the inhumans for the first time, and Sue Storm is sitting on a rock lamenting that nobody has noticed her new haircut. And I go. <laughs> go okay stan i know it was the 1960s and you tell a lot of stories that really do deal with the generational struggles of you know right the the greatest generation and the boomers i'm gonna give you a slight pass on this misogyny um in this moment it's still not okay but i understand the time it was written and we'll fix Sue and right because right, you're saying because you're saying right is here's Sue the smart character who's been developed over the years who at one point was basically just this and and by the way uh, um, Janet Van Dyne same thing with Hank Pym she gets smacked by Hank across the face and doesn't walk out doesn't walk out she becomes this uh 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 what's it called um uh i forget the term but it's like she she becomes this like perpetual victim like she's always there and like she has like she's such a strong character and even like she came up with the avengers name like she she is a foundational like key core member and she's always just pushed aside so much as a character and she becomes this thing Hank is after, this thing Hank is sad about. This She becomes a plot device for Hank. That's why I was really glad when they killed him off. Like when they when they said, oh, okay, now he's now he's uh, Ultron and now we're going to kill him off. And now he's just gone. Like he like fell into the, I think he fell into the timeline or some shit at the end. <laughs> like he's gone. He's like out of the fucking picture. And I was like, fuck yes. Now can, can we just have some proper Janet Van Dyne, like centered <laughs> stories where she is a badass? Like there, there has been so like I liked when she, when it was her, she was a chairperson. 
uh, and Scott Lang was on the, uh, this was like the, the disassembled era, like right before disassembled, right, right when Bendis took over and just shat all over the Avengers. <laughs> um, that I liked her in that era because she was a badass. She, she started doing, uh, she was growing, although she did screw up and that's why we got House of M because uh, <laughs> she was like, <laughs> How did you ever keep up with two kids, Wanda? What? Uh, um, uh, I gotta go get a drink. <laughs> yeah. But so I do think that we're gonna have to reconcile the fact that there's just gonna be some disappointments oh, sure. and some contradictions in terms of what the writers said and decisions that they made in the moment that. Like you're saying, it's like, we decided A, but A is going to write us into a corner, so we're going to go with B. But by and large, it seems to me that the way that time travel is working is it's really reality hopping. Yeah. Like, yeah. What, like what Spider-Gwen does between Earth-65 and Earth-616. That that's really what's going on in phase four, it seems to me. Yeah, and I can see that. And that's the Franklin Richards just creates multiple different multiverses or the butterfly effect, chaos theory, where I travel back and instantly by traveling back, I create new timelines, right. whatnot. But this Mobius strip allows me to go back to the original timeline. That's what Marty, because Marty has a time machine. Marty can never go back to his original timeline, where his parents are wits. That's true. He is. Forever. Yeah, you know, you know what? You, I, I have. I'm gonna have to bring this up to my wife because she's a Back to the Future fan, and I'm, I'm just gonna crush her day one of these days because that's gonna, that's gonna just fuck her up. Like he that's ever. He is forever separated from his biological birth parents. Wild, wild. <laughs> dang, dang. Very, that, never thought watch, about that. Do you watch Rick and Morty? Yeah, yeah, I've seen all of it. Yeah, so Rick and Morty, I mean, this is what they deal with, right? Yeah. It's just this idea. What is it where he has, like, none of the Ricks know that they're the real Rick or the real Morty, and they're all killing each other because everyone thinks that they're the prime? Yep. So prime Marty is just traveling through, creating these branch timelines and that's another question. So I, I have this theory about branch and alternate timelines and variant and alternate um, people. And that branch timelines and variant timelines are basically um, propaganda by he who remains. There is no such thing as a branch timeline. There is no such thing as a variant. Everybody is just an alternate. Everything is just alternate. But he who yeah, remains, but, they, but they had to have well that that only works yeah that only works if you had a uh, a creator like if you had a Franklin Richards creating like universes and multiverses yes that that works that way uh, but I think uh, the way I see it is a branch timeline is a branch happens at a specific moment so that could be like something happens that severely differentiates it from the you know from the timeline it was on uh, versus. Uh, an alternate timeline, which is like somewhere further back, like mm, you going to work or not going to work will create a branch timeline. 10 years from now, when in one universe, you became a serial killer because you didn't go to work that one day, <laughs> that is now an alternate timeline to the universe where, where you're a multimillionaire because you went to work. 
Like right. those are alternate timelines then, but like at the point of divergence is where it branches. Like that's the only way like right. that makes sense to me. Cause at some point, like, unless you have someone creating like things that, like, you know, ingredients, X, Y, and Z ingredients, uh, 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 X, Y, and A, just like everything the same, except this one thing, everything the same, except this one thing. Like, unless someone is like just serving those out into the, into the cosmos and though that's how you get just alternate timelines. Uh, but the way, the way that like, it doesn't make sense to me unless we just say that there is a Franklin Richards one above all. And it's like, he's just literally, yeah, this is him. seems like an interesting idea. Kind of like what they did with, uh, with DC, with, uh, with what's his face. Uh, um, Dr. Manhattan. Mm-hmm. He was like, he was like, well, this is an interesting universe. What if Superman showed up later? <laughs> that's literally what they said was flashpoint it wasn't flash's fault it was the dr manhattan being like hmm wonder what the universe would be like if he showed up later and and so it um the the one thing i will say and, and this is a a hill i might have to um to plant my flag on a little bit more strongly which is um he who remains is not a nice guy. He is no. a dictator. Yeah. He who remains is Omar Gaddafi. Is <laughs> is the Ayatollah? Is right like Putin? Is Putin? These guys can be charming. They can have friends. They can make you laugh. They can be seen silly. It is their Machiavellian tendencies. The fact that they keep their friends close and their enemies closer, you know, like nobody rises to power because they're a total schmuck. It's true. That's very true. You know, nobody gets loyalty because people dislike them. Part of it is fear, but also we have to acknowledge that dictators do favors for their friends. They they might, you know, make fun parties that while well, other people are dying in the street, by the way, right? That basically he who remains puts a value on certain people, mm-hmm. like a certain person who from 1932 to 1945 did, puts a value on certain people and devalues others and says, these are worthwhile, these aren't to meet his own ends, right? So he who remains says, these timelines are valid and these ones are invalid. Right, but it's all self-serving. It is an allegory, if you will, for the way that dictators work. He calls himself a dictator. Yep. Like five times, but he laughs about it. He's charming about it. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm a dictator, but I'm a nice dictator. He wanted to get stabbed we're missing information still we're missing information yeah i think you i think you're very right and i think this is something that my wife and i said like he's like he's because it there is in this multiple in this new create newly created you know potentially infinite multiverse there is a timeline in which that same dude is born so he's gonna show up what i thought was she stabs him he falls it all goes to hell and he just walks in the room see I mean, that's what what I'm curious about with the Illuminati. My initial thought was, 
is we're getting a secret war, right? We're getting- A hundred percent, we're getting a secret. We have to. We're getting, and we're getting two sides, right? We're getting basically an Axis side and an Allies side, mm. you know? And so we're getting, on this side, we're going to have the Young Avengers. We're going to have the Avengers. And I thought the Illuminati against Kang, mm. oh, sorry, and the Eternals on this side. Mm. I'll do a TikTok on this. Um, and on this side, we're going to have Kang, um, the uh oh god the eternals and then the um celestials celestials right we're gonna have kang the celestials and we're gonna have these groups over here and that's because, what we're because the celestials are very much uh deterministic in their in their functionality yeah yeah, yeah. right they say we and, created this world so that we could create a create another one of us so that we can create more worlds it's they are they are a pure expression of the thing that a lot of a lot of uh, fundamentalist types say that like humans only role in life is to create more humans, right? And so, so that's what I think we're getting set up here. What I don't know, what I keep vacillating between is what the Illuminati are going to be, and we're only going to find that out once Multiverse of Madness comes out. And, and we are one hundred percent assuming that an Illuminati is going to happen. There is some sort of court that he has brought before. We are simply, we are placing a lot of information into it that we don't know yet. Right, because the question is valuable. Becomes, like it's, what, what, we've, what, what we're inserting is relevant. What, what happens if King comes before that court and says, yeah, this, this whole thing that Strange did, I'll fix it for you. I'm going to clean this up for you, much like a certain dictator did in 1932 mm. when Germany's economy had completely collapsed. He said, see all this chaos? I'm going to fix it all for you. Mm. You know, that's, I can see that. I can see that. I, you know, that would be a fascinating thing. And this is why I say, like, so much of this is where, like, I want to say to, like, every college kid like this is what your graduate papers in film studies should be on is the <laughs> impact of the marvel universe on hollywood and storytelling because it is i feel you on that because you know what that's i had not thought about that because like yeah you had uh you had like trilogies and you had movies told over several several uh, uh films but those were never planned to be that way we they, they never planned to make 14 alien films they never like i don't even think back to the future was greenlit for a sequel until the first one came out so the, like the it's your kids marty like was just like we want people to like come back and watch the movie and talk to people about the movie so that they, they will give us money to make another one it was right. not like the, the the star wars trilogy while yes it was written as being a larger epic the first film was a hail mary they were not like oh we're gonna make nine of these <laughs> right <laughs> and and what i would say is is the difference between like when we were growing up we knew that there was an expanded universe 
nobody tried to tell a story of an expanded expanded shared universe. They tried to tell on a screen. story yeah. on screen. They tried to tell a story about a protagonist mm -hmm. and that protagonist over several films. This, what Feige did was he told a story of a shared universe. That's why you can have a movie like Ant-Man and Iron Man and Thor and Loki. And it's this shared universe, which we've, nobody ever did that before. Nobody ever created an amusement park. Right. And some, and somebody, I hate somebody, that metaphor and don't get me wrong. I'm no, not. No, no. Somebody okay. recently did try to like retroactively do that. Um, M. Night Shyamalan by combining uh, 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 Unbreakable and uh, oh, what oh, were the other two? It was everybody um, remembers it, it was a new. It was a new one. It was the new one. Um, yeah, with uh, where he with with McAvoy, right? Yeah, McAvoy. Oh my goodness, I don't remember it. But nonetheless, yeah, when he said, Oh, this happens in the same universe as Unbreakable, that like it felt like a like a toss-on at the end. It felt like, hey, you know what's doing real good? The MCU where they throw on a post-credit scene and people get psyched and they get to make another movie because people want to cool. Let me do that too. Hey, Bruce, Bruce, what are you doing this weekend? And it's so hard to do it organically. Yeah. Right. It's the same thing. Do you remember in the early 2000s when every movie was 3D? Yeah. No, no, not every movie was 3D, where some movies were made in 3D and then some they wanted were then 3D it was like, Yeah. Then it's like, oh, Clash of the Titans, uh, 3D. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I do. Imagine, I do. Because can that you imagine being that director. It's like, hey, we want to make this 3D. I'm sure you've had this. Uh, with your bosses where right? it's just like yeah that's not what this is <laughs> right it's like this well, that's, is a <laughs> that's why uh they made a big deal because avatar came out and avatar was like the springboard for that and then they because you know what they, they they do the credits on the trailers from the producers of this or from the director of this they did what was it resident evil i think it was afterlife and it was like filmed on the same 3D camera that James Cameron used for Avatar. <laughs> I was like, oh boy. And when I watched it, they literally had these like three, no, nah, I don't want to say three minute, but like minute long sequences of just like, they're just in like fog and it's 3D. And I'm like, you know, we could have saved like 15 minutes of movie by cutting all these 3D scenes out. <laughs> right? It's like, oh, cool. Yeah, like I get it. They're in fog. Like having the fog feel like it's next to me doesn't really immerse me deeper. She's fighting zombies. <laughs> no, I, I will say, did you, I, I know that you were reluctant to see it, but did you cave and see the Batman movie? My wife wants to see it. We're going to go see it next week. I still, like, I even talked to her. I was like, I really don't want to give DC money because of their lack of direction and their lack of just like overall vision. If they said tomorrow, if they, tomorrow, they were like, hey, this is our Kevin Feige, whoever it was, honestly, I don't even care who it is. If they just had one and said, this is our Kevin Feige, they are going to just direct this for us, navigate the waters. Cool. Okay. Someone has a vision. That's all I care about. Cause that's the, the biggest problem for me was they were like, they, they rushed into the shared universe thing. 
they were like batman v superman we're gonna throw in wonder woman 15 other cameos and then they were like justice league and then that fell apart because obviously some personal tragedy in Zack Snyder's life, but also they were down his throat about the editing and they wanted this and they wanted these changes. They were like, oh shit, people like didn't really respond well to this like super grim, dark universe. Maybe we throw in some more jokes. And he was like, I am out bitches. And then they brought in a guy who directs nothing like Zack Snyder. And that came out, eh, came out. Uh, okay. Not terrible. It was serviceable. Yeah. It was not great which it needed to yeah. be. It really needed to be great. And uh, and then they were like, oh shit, uh, I don't know if we know how to do a shared universe. And I'm like, no, you don't, because you're DC. <laughs> no, the reason why, the reason why, and again, right, this is why, like, I should, like, just go to, like, USC and just tell the kids, like, here's what your paper needs to be on. <laughs> do it, do it. Because um, here's the deal, is... movies the the paradigm so i would say films were about the star then it shifted to director as auteur yeah and now producers Mm -hmm. sorry feige is an auteur yeah no other studio has an a producer that is an auteur yeah and a producer who can who can really he, he, the the master chess player knows all the moves. It's not even can. It's that they hired. They are using the old model. The director is auteur. It's like, hey, we're going to create a shared universe using the same model that we've always used, which is the director is the auteur. That's not why Marvel was successful. They were successful because. The producer was the auteur, not the director, right? That's why you can have all these different directors in the MCU, but and they can be the auteurs of their individual films, but you can also switch them out at the last minute, right? Ant-Man, you could switch out the director. Um, I, but I think that that was more so because it just didn't fit into their what they wanted done. But that's what I'm saying, right? Is not they. Feige. Right, Feige. So, the, Feige. yeah, yeah. Ma- Marvel and, and eventually Disney were like, you are the captain of the ship. When Make we the ship growing, go. Right. When we were growing up, it was Spielberg, Coppola, De Palmer, De Palma, right? They were... Do you think that's why they... Do you think that's why they hate on superhero films? Yeah. It's not that they actually think the superhero things and they might, but it's not that they dislike them so much that they're going to go on record to talk shit about superhero films. It's that the director is no longer the thing that makes it happen. Uh, It's an ego problem. Total. It's, you know, it it was funny. One time I, uh, I, one of my jobs, I worked at a college and the kids were out in the lobby and they were listening to some type of like techno punk music. And I walked out and I said, listen, I know you guys like this, but I just have to like be meta for a second and just go, I have now become the next generation because this just sounds like crap to me. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and it, it, it's like, it takes a certain level of ego awareness to be able to say this is different 
it works. It might not work for me. It doesn't fit my paradigm, right? But there's nothing wrong with it. For these guys, they created universes and they were the directors. No producer was going to come in and tell them, you know, no, the shark is now, you know, this is Jaws's cousin, right? Right. That's who producers were. Producers were the guys that were like, well, how are you going to make this work, Stephen? Well, hell, I'll, um, they'll, there'll be a second island where there were dinosaurs. Love it. Go do it. Right. Right. This is, you know, that, that was Steven Spielberg's work. That's true. That's true. Right. Could you imagine the producer coming in and saying, listen, Steven, you have to add a scene where now there's a second island in the first movie. Yeah, that's true. Man. And that producer would have been fired because no studio wants to lose Steven Spielberg. They have lost their industry cred, their industry power. Power, power yeah. Power. Their industry yeah. power, clout, if you will. They have lost their clout. So they 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 go on the internet and say wild shit to get clout. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite, one of my favorite uh, Simpsons lines, you know, dear Mr. Abe, grandpa's sitting in his uh, old retirement home. Dear Mr. President, there are too many states. I recommend getting rid of three of them. Here they are. It's like, that's what, I mean, yeah, that, that is my worst fear is turning into that person. <laughs> That's I I, I had oh, similar... oh and he signs he signs off I am not a crack <laughs> I had concerns about being that kind of person because there was like I'm a hip hop fan and the last like five years if not a little more of like mainstream rap just like grates against my ears and I'm like how can they listen and it, it took me a while to just be like they can. So I don't care. It's right. not for me. And that was one of those like moments of like, some shit is not made for you. You could just let that shit be. <laughs> this was actually not made for me. It's, it, is, it is the great line in Loki when Sylvie says, this isn't about you. And I feel like that is, that is a lot of more, that is, the M- MCU saying to the fans, you don't want a female Loki. This isn't about you. Right. Right. This, this is about, about all the, this is about the women that yeah. need a female Loki. This is going back to our initial conversation at the beginning of this podcast. This is turning red is not for everyone. It's not meant to be for everyone. People are going to draw from it what they will draw from it. Have I ever been a young female with dealing with changes in my no i have not but guess what i've got mom stuff and i've got grandma stuff i wept like a child at the end <laughs> like that because that resonated with me the 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 connection the family stuff that is what resonated with me everyone's going to get something different out of a film yeah are you getting the the hormones and the torture that it is to be an adolescent in love with 
anybody other than yourself <laughs> and to pine i was like i hear you sister <laughs> I, I, not I, I, I pined through story i i created media that that is brilliant i <laughs> i tried to emulate media but that's another story for another time we have talked for a long time this is we a long podcast for you um <laughs> it's it'll it'll be it'll it's fine honestly this podcast has just super organically grown. I, I appreciate everyone that listens. Uh, people, like I, I would look at my anchor numbers and I'm like, wow, people are listening to every episode. And it's kind of awesome because I don't really like advertise. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll, you'll get there. If, uh, look, hopefully I gave you enough stuff for a few episodes. <laughs> well, I appreciate your time, sir. I appreciate your input. Uh, I love that we were able to have this conversation in depth because Love the platform TikTok, but sometimes you just run out of time. <laughs> you know, it is it is it's such a different way of communicating for me. I'm a rabbi. I, I write sermons, you know, I write 1500 word sermons and well, not not even I can't get away with 1500 anymore. It's more like <laughs> 1000 to 1250. Um, but right. It's like to learn how to speak in 60 minute or 140 character uh, mm -hmm. limits. It's a whole different way of communicating for me. For sure, for sure. I think yeah. it is for all of us. I think we're we're all we're creating a whole new method of communications. I I like I've created all sorts of little shorthand for the for the comments and all that kind of stuff. It's <laughs> been a wild ride. Absolutely. Listen, anytime uh, you want me back, I'm always happy to to come on. I appreciate uh, the platform. I'm Micah, by the way. I don't know if I actually introduced myself properly. <laughs> I saw it at the beginning. I saw it at the beginning, but appreciate that. Appreciate that. Well, I'm Dalibor. I, I've, uh, uh, I like, I've, uh, been doing this podcast for, I think a year now. I think I just started this last year and then I, I would edit a, I, I still do a, a kind of like random, it's like non comic book specific podcast. Um, where we just talk about whatever it's literally called tangents. Cause we just, start with a couple topics and go off. We, we had to institute a format this year because we were getting, we were pushing four hours and I was like, <laughs> this is getting ridiculous and it's like hitting upload limits. So we need to, <laughs> we need to put a format on this. I totally understand. Well, I got my last uh, TikTok of the day to upload. So I'm going to make sure that's edited and uh, see if I got any hate from that uh, pastor guy with his uh, Bible. <laughs> see, see what kind of, uh, you know, it's hard too. It's like, you know, sometimes I just, for one thing, I don't want to give these guys attention. There's, there's always that. There's always that for sure. No, I don't want to, it's like, you don't deserve the attention, but you need to be called out. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a tightrope balance. It, it it's a fine really line. It really is. This was a blast though, man. Thank you. Absolute fun time. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for your time. I appreciate you for being here. If you are listening, if you are watching, make sure you follow at Pop Culture Rabbi on TikTok. Are you on Instagram or anything else? Not yet. I am on Instagram, although I haven't really been posting. I think I'm going to start a Twitter soon. And yeah, Twitter. Yeah, diving into the deep end, huh? I think I think Twitter's going to be next. So, uh, so look for at Pop Culture Rabbi on, on all your uh, social media platforms. And I do have a YouTube channel, although... I basically just upload my my TikToks to it right now. I haven't really figured out what I want to do in that space, but um, 
but this was a blast. Um, thank your fans for, for having me on and uh, anytime. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. That's going to be it for this one. Thank you all for watching. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. They want to tell you about how they've been living before they go living. My vision is vivid. I wander the places they marvel. The shit that I'm talking is low key and novel. Yeah, yeah, I'm so lit, but a lonely spark. About to end game like Tony Stark.